0: This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT,
1: WPHT, HD, W-O-G-L, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night
0: Live with Philly Lieber. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness serious doctors for serious injuries and powered by the law offices of Pond, Leahy, Stern, Cheertanoh. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It is Saturday night live
2: with Philly Labor. labor. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Pond Lahaki, Stern, and Giordano, powered by our good friends at the Sonesta Hotel. Stay tuned as we've got our next Labor Leader Roundtable coming up at the Sonesta Hotel, and of course, driven by Jim Stevenson and our great friends up at Chapman Ford, where for 30 years... Jimmy has been taking care of the labor community, and I welcome in Jay Doc. Jay Doc, we've got a great show tonight. We've got a uh, serious show. We've got a serious conversation and a serio, uh, serious uh, topic uh, to talk about. I'll give you a moment for opening remarks.
1: Sure, no, we got a really, uh, really uh, important show tonight. We have individuals that are actually in the studio that uh, walked off their job because of the conditions uh, that they were under while they were working and uh, really people have to hear this story Because it's absolutely incredible, and it's the difference between often working for a union contractor and a non-union
2: contractor. Well, it's one of the reasons why this program exists, Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'll let our audience know over the next hour, you're going to hear uh, multiple conversations, and I'm going to do uh, my best to uh, let the audience know uh, who is speaking uh, and who's part of the conversation when... uh, when talking, I want to start and introduce uh, Ed Penna, Jr., uh, organizer, Philadelphia Coalition of Workers' Justice. He's here. Uh, Ed, we're glad you're here. We welcome you in for the very, very first time yes, to Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, guys,
3: for having us on. We really appreciate uh, letting the world and, and Philadelphia to hear these workers' stories that you're going to be hearing tonight. Um, it's very important that these guys have their story being told.
1: And and, and Ed, uh, if you will, kind of let's let's kind of lay out the carpet um, before we bring the gentleman in. Um, uh, first of all, in in general, what what's going on? What, you know, what what is the, you know, what's the big story here? What what why did these guys walk off the job?
3: These gentlemen walked off the job again. We're with the Philadelphia Coalition for Workers' Justice. Um, we work with workers not just in any trade, just any specific trade, but all different types of trade. But the workers we have here tonight went on strike for health and safety reasons. They were tired of being verbally abused. They were tired of being no safety training at all. Um, OSHA violations that it's just falling on deaf ears. I mean, you know, they go and they tell the owner, doesn't doesn't do anything about it. Um, just all different types of things. They're tired of low wages. They're tired of not having no benefits. There's no benefits for their family. They, each one of these guys sitting here have kids, and, you know, they can't even provide for their kids, you know, with benefits from the companies that they work for.
1: Sam, you know... We- We see this all the time and we talk about it all the time. Uh, In today's day and age, it's an outrage as we bring Sam Pond into the program that individuals have to work and walk off of a job because of safety conditions. And then what ends up happening is they end up in your office or badly hurt. You've seen this time in and time out.
4: Yeah, the problem is there's really no punishment. There's really no consequence to having these employers uh, not have the safety requirements because they can't be sued. So there's no deterrent. They can just treat people like, like cattle uh, and not protect them because there's really no liability. There's not a fine financial consequence. There's no penalties. OSHA generally doesn't have the kind of teeth. Again, we're talking about regulations that really aren't enforced. And if they're enforced, they're really not a deterrent to have uh, employers have folks on their job site where there's no safety. Look, go around the Delaware Valley, go around the Delaware Valley and look at construction sites. You will immediately know what are union sites and what are non-union sites you know why how people are dressed whether or not they're harnessed off whether or not there's appropriate barriers whether or not there's appropriate fencing there's safety measures whether or not there's appropriate apprentice programs to teach people how to be safe and how to do the job as a real good mechanic having said all that having said all that let's get into the bigger issue the bigger issue is about dollars over people dollars are over people look at the disparity we have we have the disparity that we've not had the kind of disparity in regard to quality of life in america since the union movement has basically been gutted because of things like right to work and what we saw finally getting beat in missouri that piece of legislation again a nonsensical term right to work these guys sitting around me they're your neighbors, they're your brothers, they're your fathers, they're your sons. They just simply want to go to work, make a living and raise their families, have a roof over their head and be protected. It's taken away from them. The only thing that's going to protect them is a collective bargaining agreement. Absolutely. That's the only thing. Absolutely. And it's, it's a tragedy that we're sitting
1: here in 2018 and that people can get away with threatening the lives of these men. And and it's a terrible feeling. And we're going to introduce the guy, Joe. You'll bring him into the program.
2: We'll bring him into the program as we roll along uh, over the next hour here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Ed, you're the first call. You heard some of the passion uh, in Sam's voice. You're the first call from uh, non-union workers when there's there's trouble, when there's an issue, uh, when there's a concern on behalf of or for the benefit of the audience. So bring us into that. Yeah.
3: No, definitely. I am the first call. Usually the first call, the gentleman or the worker, I should say, shouldn't say gentlemen, they just want to get into the union. Okay, but I try to make them look at the bigger picture. Yeah, you, you can just come into the union, but what if you still have friends that work for that company that is still getting verbally abused, you know, it is verbally abusing their, their workers and, you know, mistreating their workers. You have friends that are working there. So you're going to leave, and then they're just going to be keep getting, you know, mistreated. So when I, you know, Dan, when we'll bring him into the program, he reached out to me. I said, Dan, I said, let's try to get some of your friends together, you know, and let's talk about what some of the things that we can do Not just to get organized into a company but how you know we can stop all this you know treat mistreatment you know with the company and um you know what we did was we know we had a meeting the first meeting we had a great meeting i think we had four or five guys um and then from there it just grew out you know then the next meeting we had i think we had eight guys and then one all came together on july 16th from uh, rh benedict uh, contracting out of malvern pa uh, there was eight guys that went out on strike out of 12.
1: And i find the most interesting here's an important point not everybody can get into a union at least at the same time right everybody deserves to be safe on the job everybody deserves that when they go to work they're not afraid they're going to die that they have their humility that they're trained that they have the right types of tools that they're not working on a scaffolding that doesn't have expiration and so uh, we're all brothers. We're all workers out there. We're all like, like, like you said at the beginning of the the program, Sam. But yeah, they
4: also should be treated with dignity and exactly. not harassed and not demeaned. And you know, if, if they they also that's where they may have some remedy. The remedy under the law then may be some sort of employment action. But they're very, you know, there's some difficult cases. The bottom line is you have a lot more protection with a collective bargaining agreement, because it has a grievance process. Sure, It has a great wage, it has a great benefit. Look, when I sit in my office, the folks that we're seeing that don't have collective bargaining agreements, they're not part of a union, they are a universe apart from the people that are part part of a union, whether it's benefits, whether it's safety. And I can tell you, in my 30-year career, we have seen so many safety uh, adjustments that we're seeing a lot less in regard to injuries and deaths on the job sites that are union. That is not the case in non-union job sites. They're as bad as ever. Um, But again, it's about having, treating people with with dignity, and they're putting in the hard day's uh, work. They've got to be understood that they're appreciated, and they can't be harassed.
1: They cannot be harassed. It's illegal. Exactly. When you talk about the collective voice, they don't have that collective voice and therefore they often don't have a leg to stand on. Um, Certainly so so the the couple Companies, the, you know the individuals and, and the you know the reason we're here also is obviously to create awareness for what's going on within what Absolutely. specific companies that are out there taking advantage of people Absolutely. and still being hired by big uh,
3: sub uh, the post brothers uh, here's a prime example you know we tried to go delegate to the post brothers it fell on deaf ears uh, these gentlemen the workers were supposed to have meetings uh, with the post brothers mm-hmm. and and you know they canceled the meetings on on the spot right there just for some odd reason um, You know, and again, there's so many companies out there that uh, mistreat their workers. You know, these guys are forming a union. By just standing up together, you know, union is just not you know collective bargaining agreement. Those guys formed a union. Having all eight of those guys walk out on strike, uh, that's a form in a union right I then is, there. I
2: ask our audience as we get ready to go to the break, and Sam, I want to give you last word of the segment. Uh, I ask our audience, and I do this many, many times. Uh, certainly not when you're driving, but when listening to the show. Close your eyes for a moment uh, and imagine what it would be like uh, if you were in this scenario or this situation. Sam, I give you last word.
4: Yeah, I, and that's Joe. I th- I, I love that. I mean, I mean, really. Let's put people walk in these folks' shoes, uh, and a lot of our listeners are walking in these folks' shoes. And the courage that we have at this table to make a difference, to go and stand up together, shoulder to shoulder, and walk off the site, is sending a message. And we had to have more of this to stop the abuse on job sites, to stop the lack of safety on job sites, to stop the lack of benefits on job sites, to stop the lack of decent wages on on job sites.
2: We need more of this kind of courage. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get into the first break. When we come back, we'll meet some of the workers who have joined us uh, here uh, for the big show on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Uh, And a moderate or a soft plug, don't forget to tune in to Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond every Sunday night right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, You will learn about the law. That is an absolute. Back in a moment. I won't
0: participate on behalf of ourselves here at Local 98 or the Philadelphia Building Trades in conversations that are purely dominated on social issues that don't affect our jobs.
2: And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Special thanks to all of our listeners who continue to tune into the program on a Saturday night in a very, very special show, J-Doc, uh, oh, yeah. tonight. I'm going to give you an opportunity to uh, have some dialogue with Ed. And then I want to introduce these workers who have joined us here uh, tonight uh, to be part of the show as the show rolls on. Sure.
1: So... Um Ed Pena Jr., um, who is uh, the organizer uh, from Philadelphia Coalition of Workers' Justice, if you will, first company, and, and the individuals who are employees of the, uh, what, Benedict. what's the name of the company?
3: R.H. Benedict's Contracting. He goes by a bunch of different ones. Sometimes it's R.H. Benedict's Contracting. Sometimes it's Robert H. Benedict Contracting. Uh, We've seen um, Benedict's Contracting, Benedict's well, uh, Benedict's
2: Crane Services. So we got it, yep. and
1: and and yep. so um, we're going to bring in a couple individuals uh, who, who. Well, are before
2: in- we do that, j Doc, Ed, let me just ask you if you can remind the listening audience again the theme of the show because I think it's important. It's a really, really important show. If you can start with that again, and then Absolutely. I'll bring all I'll bring all the participants into the conversation. The theme
3: of the show is is workers standing up together. You know, workers forming their own union. Standing up against, you know, being uh, abused, a health and safety strike, you know, like these workers are sitting around us today, um, or tonight, I should say. Um, again, they, they're eight guys walked out on strike um, for the Post Brothers job there on 260 Broad, the Atlantic building. How tough building. is that
2: to do? Is that tough?
3: Oh, to that, that, you know what? I give these guys a lot of credit because change is scary. Change is scary mm. in every aspect of life. It's not just working. So if you're going to have a baby, if you're going to buy a house, a new car, when you know your income's going to change... That is very scary. And these guys, I give them a ton of credit for what they've done. You know, to know that, you know, your whole life is going to change now because, you know, you're not just going to work every day. You're standing up
2: for what is your right. I mean, these guys, you know, deserve a ton of credit. Let's introduce the listening audience to uh, the guys that have joined us. Dan Lola uh, is here um, in the big chair. Hello, Dan. Thank you for being here. Dan is um, a worker with RH Benedict's Contracting, right? So Dan is here. Dan, thank you very much uh, for being here. Uh, Thank you. Tyrone Smith, uh, also from RH Benedict's Contracting. Hello, sir. How are you?
3: Thank you for being here. i mean. Thank you for having me here. No, nice to have,
2: uh, <laughs> nice to have you uh, part of the conversation uh, as well. Um, we will uh, also introduce you to two additional workers as the program rolls on. But uh, let's start, uh, Jay Doc, if we can. Let's start with Dan and Tyrone and get and give them the floor. Let's give them the megaphone and give them an opportunity.
1: Uh, Dan and Tyrone, w- tell me why did you walk off the job?
5: Because it was dangerous. We
1: were, d-
5: there's d- no guarantee when we punched in, we were going to punch back out. Get, you know,
1: uh, describe for me the conditions that you were working under
5: all right well i mean uh hanging beams with uh, duck jacks i mean 1252s big beams you know you got little crappy duck jacks underneath so you were not so you weren't there wasn't a crane uh yeah we had a crane uh we had a spider crane on site uh, no licensed operator but it was still running anyways
1: so um, you mean to tell me somebody somebody who's well who was running the crane
5: uh another co-worker Okay, so he's I, on vacation. So, so he he was going to be here tonight too, but um, his family pro- vacation came he, up this week.
1: Right, so not a, he's not a licensed operator. You're who, by the way, ha, describe how big the beams are.
5: Uh, well, they're twelve fifty twos, they're fifty two pounds per foot. I mean, uh, twelve inches tall. I mean, they're they're pretty beefy. I mean, they're not small little
1: and wh- beams. what elevation were you working at? Uh, twenty,
5: twenty one, twenty two, twenty three stories Fe- up.
1: Twenty. Uh. Stories. 22 stories up
5: yeah
1: and you're working with a crane operator who's not a licensed crane operator
5: correct yeah no licensing i mean if you go out front of uh, 260 broad right now there's no
2: licensing. so describe for hey, me J. doc hold on a minute yeah i want everybody to think about that for a moment
1: yeah, I I mean, by the way i'm
2: an iron worker so i you get it it stopped me in my tracks we're 23 stories up between 20 and 25 between 20 and 25 stories up now if i'm on the ground if i'm standing Twenty to twenty-five stories down—that's a long way up. No
1: kidding. I thought he was going to say twenty to twenty-two feet, which no. is already too high. No. But let me just so t- talk to me about you know the um, the harnesses you had, the static lines that you were tied off to. Uh, all well those the things.
5: static lines weren't really static lines. They had something that was called a death rope, which was just death you rope. know a piece of you know regular nylon rope tied around whatever they can wrap it around. You know no no certification tags nothing like
6: that just like we, they, we would wrap it around like beams and stuff with the UUs yeah. wrap, around, wrap the lanyard around the beams and then wrap your um, the retractables the retractables to your harness that's about it but like the harnesses was like at least about like a couple years old when I yeah, got there when I, I started working I did it working. afraid if, if so wanted a quality so-
5: harness you paid for it out of your own pocket I brought up to the owner Robert Benedict's the third that it's OSHA mandated for him to buy PPE specific to each job function his exact words were I'm not effing buying that crap
2: Can you believe that? Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Dan Lola and Tyrone Smith are workers with R.H. Benedict's contracting uh, who walked off the job. Ed Penna, Jr. is with us. Ed is an organizer for the Philadelphia Coalition of Workers' Justice. Ed, let me ask you to, um, to weigh in. You can tell from my reaction. I'm knocked off the chair and 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 i've got it i've got to be candid with you um in life i don't get knocked off the chair very often but i'm stopped in my tracks to hear this and to visualize this, just amazing to me.
3: Yeah, the needs are only two stories we're hearing. Think of eight yeah, there more. Was eight of there was eight total, and just think of how many more stories there are out there. That now we hope after tonight, more people, more workers will stand up. What, and, did, the, what,
1: did, what did Post Brothers say when you went to them and described what they had a you, setting?
5: We had a meeting set up. Um, my buddy John Parks had a meeting set up with a, a lady named Serena Rose, which is a, a shaker and mover in post brothers configuration and um you know since i'm the one that organized my company to deal with ed i'm i'm public enemy number one because i'm front man here um because i was having lunch with him while he was waiting for his meeting with serena to maybe find a solution to this to get them out of the mix on this um she decided not to have any parts of this meeting again Mm. her name's serena rose she works directly for post brothers Um, She's up high enough to make decisions to make changes for us and decides not to. Now, another meeting was supposed to be set up for this week. But she's decided not to contact us again because now John is out of the loop. And she has to deal with me and will not deal with me because I'm the one that set all this in motion with Ed. Let's just get straight here. Post Brothers hires.
3: R. H. Benedict's contracting. Reason why we're going to Post Brothers, because we want Post Brothers to cut the ties with R. H. Benedict. Stop hiring this Unsafe. Unsafe company and we're trying to, you know, let them be aware of what's going on in their job sites. And like Dan said, they don't want to hear it.
5: They on, don't care. On their webpage, They have a section. Who's they? You talk about Post Brothers. Post Brothers. Yes. On webpage, dot com. They have a webpage and their mission statement is to provide, you know, um, uh, contractors that have the safety training and insurance and everything, and it, it like their their mission statement is a complete falsehood.
2: Tyrone, you agree with that? Agree with that statement?
1: A hundred percent. And, and and does Ocean know about this? Uh, I mean, they will after this show. Yeah, I hope they hear this. I mean, you know, because the one thing about union jobs, you know, Ocean knows where they're at. But a job like this, it's also right out in the open. I only had a
5: guy fall through the floor, and OSHA did do a walkthrough, so I'm sure they're aware of some things on site. But, I mean, I'm hoping this will blow the case open a
2: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Stay with us as we go to the commercial break. And remember, um, the voice of Saturday Night Live is the voice for Philadelphia Labor. Back in a moment.
0: I believe there's room. Okay for the national building trades, the local building trades, that have partnerships with the Trump administration as it pertains to energy, as it pertains to infrastructure, as it pertains to the undocumented worker.
2: And back here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Just a programming reminder, Jay Doc, as we get ready uh, to move into uh, the month of September. And certainly we look ahead uh, to the fall. We've got a great lineup of labor leader roundtables that are going to take place uh, at the Sonesta Hotel. We've got a political special that we're going to deal with for the midterms that uh, uh, is relevant to uh, the union community. So a lot of good stuff coming coming up in the fall. No,
1: absolutely. Uh, you know, we you know, with, the, with the midterms coming up, it's certainly huge. Labor's got a big impact on the elections. And our September roundtable is going to be a health a care roundtable. It's going to be some amazing
2: information. We're in the middle of a good conversation. Unbelievable. And Doc, before I come to you to introduce our next guest, just to set the table for the audience, uh, Tyrone Smith and Dan Lola, two... Um, employees of rh benedict's contracting with us ed Pena jr is the organizer of philadelphia coalition of workers justice you've heard from all three uh, in our opening segments uh,
1: richard um, uh, we really appreciate your time and we thank everybody for their courage um, we were talking to dan and tyrone about some unbelievably um, you know unsafe conditions uh, talking about yeah. uh, you know, operators of cranes that, that are unlicensed, equipment up 20 to 22 stories in the air that is faulty, that's old. Um, t- tell us your experience. Um, as we're talking to Richard Stockweather, who was also he was a foreman with RH Benedict's Contracting. Tell us a little bit about your experience and uh, about what they're talking about.
7: Um, uh, the, the equipment that you're talking about at 22 stories is the, the uh, material and personnel hoist that um was installed. Um I, I would say that the the worst experience with that would be operating that thing in thirty mile an hour winds with uh twenty five foot long material in the car that's sticking out about thirteen feet past the car. Um, you know, the the, the owner, Mr. Benedicts himself, you know, when we went to the ground to to express our concerns, was more worried about a piece of plywood to cover the roof of the forklift so he didn't get wet. Um, I mean, we all know the operating capacities of those machines that, you know, if it's in the car, it's safe within, you know, load range, but, you know, you've got a a 13-foot tail sticking out of the back of this thing. It's, you know, a whole different story.
2: Richard, how would you describe, for the benefit of the listening audience, who is not might not be able to visualize exactly what we're talking about and the reference point of being 22 to 25 uh, stories up uh, 13 feet out Um, how do you help us visualize that help the audience understand it
7: so uh, I mean in the city of Philadelphia you pass construction sites pretty much on a daily basis so, a tower personnel hoist is a um, an exterior building, um, exterior of the building machine that is on a um, a four post mast that runs up the side of the building and ties in at various places of the building. Now, the unit that we had was a a double car unit, so there was a um, a hoist on both sides of this mast that could carry you know up to seven thousand pounds, you know, forty people. Um, the car is about six foot wide, twelve foot long, and its its intention is to move materials up and down the building when there's no operating elevators. So um, when you put something in there that's a lot longer than the car is, you're you're adding an exerted force, and then you're adding the wind comp- uh, component in there as well. Um, you're you're putting a lot of stress on the machine and you know, putting a very high risk of, of failure on this machine, where, you know, a failure in the, in, a, in the case with this machine, if the mast were to break loose, that's, you know, that's a high rise fall. Um,
1: but know, also, bitter. you're talking about potential massive injuries, fatalities, not only for the workers, but there's people that work, are walking by on the ground.
7: Absolutely. Other other workers that are on the ground level. Um, there was one side uh, section of the sidewalk that was still open to civilian traffic. Civilian so, traffic. Right. I mean, and, and this thing's twenty-two stories, so that's you know that's almost a, uh, a half of a block.
1: Richard, so let me ask you a question: on, How, how yeah, long you how long you been in the business? Uh,
7: long enough to know better. Um, roughly nine and a half years.
1: Okay. Do you, you and your coworkers fear for your lives? Um, at least, you know, on a, on a daily basis under these conditions.
7: I would say there was at least two, two or three times a week that, uh, you know, there was, there was a potential fear of something happening.
1: Now, uh, what did the company say when you approached them? You were, you, you know, you know what you're doing, you're, you're, you're a foreman, um, you know, everybody, you know, in the room is experienced. What's the reaction when you're, when you're explaining that to individuals that should know better?
7: Um, uh, when uh, when we approached the owner of the company, as I said, he was more worried about a piece of wood to cover the, the roof of the forklift so he didn't get wet. Um, his his general reaction was, get it done on the weekend so it wasn't done during the week when everybody
1: can see. When everybody can see it. When, when OSHA's out on the street, when you have authorities Absolutely. all over the place. Um, the gentleman we're talking about, how does this... How does this occur Uh, in
2: in a world in in a world where um, things like this are not supposed to be the norm,
1: Richard? How does does it it occur? Um, He just said on the weekends. That's how
2: it occurs. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm trying. I'm just trying to understand it. I can't imagine. I can't imagine it happening. Let me just say that I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying it's mind blowing. As a a union
1: iron worker, okay, we're scrutinized more than anything. We hear all the bad talk about all the that you know the the union you know, is this union is that um, these gentlemen are working their butts off every day as, as, as hard as any union workers under conditions that are unforgivable. They're going to work three, four times a week. Not, you know, not knowing if they're ever going to come home. Uh, Richard, let me ask right. you a quick question. Um, yes, sir. Tell me about the failed welds on the mass sections. Uh, you, uh, you know, for, from the manufacturer and the process to fix it.
7: So, the failed welds we were told it was due to um a compression issue that was causing the welds to fail um and, and what
1: was the f- what, were the, what was, was it, what was was on the crane
7: it was on a. was on, it itself. was on the mass section of the oh, hoist
1: the mass section of the hoist, okay
7: right so it if you've been in the business long enough you you get a pretty good understanding of how and why welds fail so these are all diagonal braces on the mass section, meaning they go from the lower side of one tube to the upper side of another tube on a section.
1: Sure.
7: Now, it, to to explain that in into you know layman's terms for everybody to understand that that's to prevent twisting. So when you have a weld that fails on a diagonal piece, it's because there was there was a heavy enough force exerted in a twist to break it. Sure. So. The failed welds that uh, I, I I can't remember directly off the top of my head how many sections were failed. I know that we dismantled it down to the ground and replaced every section with new mass sections that were, you know, better inspected and you know further American tested. American made. Um, What's that?
5: They were American made. The replacements. Yeah. Okay.
7: Yeah. The the original mass sections they they weren't sure where they were came they came from. They believed that they had come from Saudi Arabia.
1: Okay. So um, um, I mean, at the end of the day, how long did you work? You know, with the you know, uh, with the uh, the failed welds?
7: from initial um, and from the initial find to the time that we uh, I would say that it was it was operated for a day after the initial find to where it you know it's in full operation still. Um, It was taken out of operation the following day, and it was continued to be used by the Benedict's crew. while It it was still being used as a personnel hoist while it was being repaired.
1: Uh, Let me ask Ed Pena Jr. Who else hires this Benedict's company?
3: Villanova University, um, FC Kerbeck. There is some kind of tie with F.C. Kerbeck and R.H. Benedict's contracting. I know these workers. Um, John, who's on vacation, I know he worked there uh, doing the stainless steel handrail. Uh, we did delegation to them, too.
1: Now, uh, during the break, we talked about, so you guys are making, uh, 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 Dan, you were making 26 bucks an hour? Yes. Without benefits. Without yeah, benefits. No, it was just a check. Tyrone here was making 17 bucks an hour. He was doing most of the welding. No benefits. On galvanized
5: steel and lead-covered beams, at that. Yeah.
2: Richard, before we go to the break, I want to give you the last word That's of the segment. Yes, sir.
1: Tell us, tell us, um, what what um, your hope is. You're, you've been organized. What's the difference now between working for Berlin Steel and R.H. Benedict?
7: <laughs> the level of uh, of caring for you know for the guys. I mean, day one I was handed a rucksack with everything that i needed to do my job safely um the only thing that you know we supply ourselves as iron workers is our tools to do our job but you know i was i was given all the safety devices that i needed to to, to do my job on a daily basis safely um everybody's looking out for each other you know it it's it, not to say that guys don't look out for each other in 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 a non-union organization but it, there's a higher level of caring between you know the guys that you're working side by side, you know, it's it, it's called a brotherhood for a reason. Absolutely. And let, me, let me just and other.
1: let me clarify that you've been organized now by Ironworkers Local 41. You're working for Berlin Steel. That's what yes, you're sir. talking about. In comparison, that's what I'm
7: talking about. In okay. comparison to Rh Benedict's Contracting, which Bingo. you know, it, it was a fight to get safety devices.
1: Well, Richard, listen, Richard, Richard Stockweather, former uh, foreman for R.H. Benedict's now uh, an employee and a member of Lion Worker Circle 401. Thank you so much for calling in and thank you for the courage. This is hey, Saturday Night Live with
2: Philly Labor me. on yep. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. One segment to go. Who is John Stankowitz? We'll meet him after the break.
0: I'm coming out of start with them guys. Okay, and mm-hmm. I was treasured a treasure of the Democratic Party. You know, I've been a loyal Democrat my whole life. But I've told people, and hasn't you, Like I told you, it just didn't resonate with this election. If you look at the last few years, I've been telling people we have to become a little bit more individual. We have to be more of our own brand. Mm-hmm. We have to do a better job of becoming a business.
2: And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210, uh, WPHT. Thanks uh, to the audience for tuning in and listening uh, tonight, Jay Doc, A uh, very, very serious uh, conversation uh, tonight uh, that um, has knocked me back uh, in my chair uh, and in studio for the whole program with this Ed Penna, Jr., organizer, Philadelphia Coalition of Workers' Justice. Uh, Ed, I've got to ask you to comment uh if you will. Um, you heard Richard's statements in the last segment. You've heard the statements from the workers tonight. You're one of the reasons why we're having this show. Let me give you the form.
3: Yeah. Um, one thing Richard didn't say on there, um, that him and John, Richard called his wife while they were bringing up that steel because the steel and the, and the twisting of the um, of the hoist because they were scared for their lives. And John called his brother. They both said, if something happens to us, you know we you know this is what happened to us and you know who this is who to call you know because they were both scared for their lives and and again I can't applaud these guys anymore of standing up for you know uh, walking out for unsafe working conditions I and mean, when we went into the break Jay, Imagine. doc
2: I asked the question who is John Stankowicz? John is here he is uh, joining us for our final uh, segment uh, John is a uh, worker for Kings of Rebar, right? So, John is an employee of of Kings of Rebar. He's here, let me tell you, or come to you, John, we thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, you tell us your story.
6: Uh, well, basically, I was working for this company since last October of 2017. Uh, so, you know, it's a little less than a year. Uh, you know, during this time, I haven't once been given proper drinking water. Uh, you know, we don't have proper ppe we have low substandard wages no benefits and uh you know they don't take care of their guys when they get hurt uh they try to work their way around that basically for insurance purposes and also on top of the worst part of it is uh you know the physical and verbal altercations um you know i've seen grown men uh actually foremen, slam down 19 year old kids on uh, and choke them out on top of uh mats of rebar um you know, I've seen people being thrown around by the employers. I mean, uh, I'm stagged. Correct. I mean, it's uh, actual and, employers. I'm and safe. this
1: is a regular practice with this company. Yes. Yep. Uh, at what point did you say you had enough?
6: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of reached out to Ed and uh, we went through, um, you know, certain, certain uh, meetings and stuff like that. And we found a way uh, where it would benefit not only myself, but everybody. Um, and you know, these guys are just they're, uh, scared to stand up for themselves. And I was going to go on strike. Uh, nobody was really willing to do it with me because they're they're scared. And so scared that they lose their job. Well, not not uh, the lose their job, and also the employers themselves. They're scared of the they're owner coming after them. Physical. Right? Okay. They get physical. They get and physical, right. and they're scared for that. Where's so, this
1: company out of?
6: We're based out in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yep. And is that where most of the workers are from? Yes. Yep. A good majority of them.
1: So, so in other words, the the company's from Pottstown. You probably knows where everybody lives. I mean, it sounds like a it sounds like a movie. Right. Uh, At at at, uh, what point um, did you did you see an individual get body slammed? A nineteen year old kid get body slammed. And what do you got? So is that what happens when you go to them and tell them there's an issue?
6: Right. Well, they get uh, you know short the short temperance and everything like that and. I don't know. I mean, I saw it, and I even even a week later, I brought it up, or maybe it was a few days later, I brought it up to uh, one of the employers, the owner of the company, and, you know, I said, listen, I really didn't appreciate what happened. You know, I almost got involved, and, you know, that's just unprofessional. And on top of that, it's in front of the general contractor. You know what I mean? And, oh, okay, yeah, I'll talk to him about it. You know, we'll, talk to him. we'll do something. John, were you Never terminated? Yes, well, last, or, I'm sorry, it was two Wednesdays ago, August 8th. Uh, I was on a job site out in Southampton, uh, get a call from my employers. They say, uh, yeah, we found out you're going on strike. Um, you know, today's going to be your last day. And then, you know, just to make sure I made sure they reiterated. So they said, yep, sounds like today should be your last day. So leave, uh, you know, your tool belt at the shop, anything that's on your tool belt, that's yours, take it with you. So I said, okay, sounds good. Immediately contacting, uh, Ed afterwards, um, and then that following friday two days afterwards i went and filed a unlawful labor practice against them and then went on strike that same day
1: yeah. uh, you know Ed, you know that this is rebar describe the type of work we're talking about here
6: uh basically we take steel rods uh you know we just organize them like a grid whatever um it's calling for on the prints, and then uh you know concretes on it afterwards, just it's just a reinforcing bar. Reinforcing,
3: for me. I mean, there's that's a different. Uh, st- I mean types? I did it
1: for a day it was yeah, the hardest day of my exact, life I, I was a, a structural huh. iron worker for 30 uh, for you know since I was 18 years old and they and I went out on an all is that, you that know, way you got in the radio business yeah <laughs> I get plus my face I got it's for radio <laughs> but what I point is this I worked structural iron work for for 20 years I've been a union member since out of 401 since 1982 I worked for, out of 405 for for one one day you're bent over carrying the unbelievable rod just incredible um and one of the hardest days I've ever had in my life these guys are out there busting their humps on a daily basis right. and they got to worry about get, by the way what did the guy do to get spotty slammed uh, by the way there's no obviously no excuse but what do you got to right.
6: do well i don't know this, this kid was uh, 19 years old you know um i think he, he did something stupid like he hurt his toe earlier on the day yeah um and you know, so Sam Pond was, did a little
1: boxing too by the way. Maybe instead of filing a workers comp claim for the kid for accidentally hurting his toe and then right. getting body slammed we'll send well, Sam. Well, no, out no.
6: There. he hurt his toe and then him and the foreman were carrying bar. The foreman started freaking out and then the kid just had enough and he's he's one of the nicest kids I've ever met in my life. So, you know, just for incredible. somebody to pick on him. That's how I knew something was wrong. So, I guess he freaked out the foreman. The foreman No
1: excuse for violence. John, are you are you comfortable
6: right now with your decision? yeah i couldn't be happier this i think it's honestly the best decision i ever made you know it comes to a point where you know you just have to put your foot down and you know especially the low paying wages and we we, what were the
1: wages if you don't mind me asking uh
6: well they start you off at 15 dollars an hour uh they we literally any benefits nope no benefits we literally slave away and you know we're verbally and obviously physically harassed on a constant basis and uh you know on top of that we we hit deadlines so hard so that way we can make the employers sure. a bonus, which even our foreman doesn't even get anything. It's well, ridiculous.
1: And, and let me just say this. I was just being sarcastic about Sam because I'm so furious right, right. about the way <laughs> about the way these individuals are treated. I want to thank you, John Stankowicz, yeah, thank you um, for, for standing up. I want to thank you, Dan. I want to thank you, Tyrone. I want to thank Richard for standing up for yourselves and the people you work for.
6: Well, I'd like to throw one more thing in there sure, so if that's all right. Sure, please. Uh, it's also, you know, really odd when you have a 15 year old on a, working on a job site with you
1: a little bit a right. little bit i mean there's there's uh, all Absolutely. kinds of laws child labor laws against that type of thing right. Ed,
6: i got we're
2: up against the clock but i want to give you 45 seconds Jesus. for the last word
1: exactly and like how john said
3: you know kings are rebarred. you know they treating their workers like peasants and servants
2: which is we're not in that day and
3: age anymore you know these guys deserve to have um, you know proper training drinking water not be verbally abused and, and physically assaulted abused right. that's that's Unbelievable. That's
2: unbelievable. And uncalled for. And very uncalled for. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Jay, Doc, 30 seconds for you before I say goodbye. Once I hear the music, I'm going to say goodbye. You got
1: it. Listen, anybody out there who's listening to this, this is the difference between non-union and union. And when you're sitting there talking about blast and union, you heard what Richard said. Now he's working on a union job. These These individuals are out there working their tails off. for for many contractors who were taking advantage of them. Their lives were at at risk on a daily basis. And I want, you know, just think about it. And and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in here because this happens all the time.
2: We're presented by Pon Lahockey, Stern and Giordano. We are powered or fueled, rather, by the Sonesta Hotel. And we are driven, of course, by Chapman Ford and our good friend, uh, Jim Stevenson. That's going to do it for the broadcast tonight. A salute to all uh, who came in and were part of the program tonight and for uh, having the courage uh, to stand up. Well thank done. Thank you, guys. Thank, well, thank you, you to Ed thank you. Jr. Thank you. And that's going to do it for Saturday Night Live. On behalf of J-Doc, I'm Krause. See you next time, everybody.
7: This program is
0: a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.